0: Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 63. In this episode, the moms share their final part of their two part secular science resource series with an interview with Pandia Press author and scientist Blair Lee. Why neutral science isn't neutral?
1: <laughs> mom, where's mom, 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 Honey, mom! Where's my glasses?
2: Mom! Honey, where's my glasses?
1: Mom! Mom! Can I have a drink? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your
0: science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And you're listening to the Savvy Homeschool Moms, the secular homeschool support and resource show of awesomeness. Yay! Yay. <laughs> We'd like to start this episode by thanking our special sponsor, Pandia Press, publishers of Real Science Odyssey, History Odyssey, and History Timelines. So, Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 23 minutes, 58 seconds.
1: And what have you guys been up to since um, wha- April? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, April. <laughs> yes,
0: oh, Let's see. Well, I have been doing lots and lots of reorganizing and trying to get my house in order and and reorganized and... Uh, I have lots and lots of notebooks that I use to organize my homeschooling and my business and my life (laughs) (laughs) and over the last couple of years those notebooks have gotten really really trashed and disorganized (laughs) and spread throughout the house and then you know you go to you start a notebook with one thing in mind and then when you go to try and leaving uh, to, to start writing notes and you can't find the notebook. So you have to start another notebook, <laughs> right? <laughs> that always ends up happening. I'm like, where's that notebook? I can't find it. This is my notebook dedicated to whatever that subject is. And then I can't find it when I need it. So I ended up with like um, just crazy random things in notebooks. And so I, I finally got so sick of it. I went and I gathered up all my notebooks and I pulled them all in one place and I spent hours going through and organizing and transcribing notes and getting it all tidy and neat and um, getting them all my space. I don't have a I don't have a desk. Um, no, actually, I take that back. I do have a desk, but my children use it for the for their desktop computer, so I don't use it. I have a little space in a corner. I don't have a a room. I don't have a, an office. I know you don't either. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't have like my, my own room for my stuff i have a little corner so i needed to find a way to make my little corner more organized (laughs) Mm -hmm. so this was this has been a big thing in the last couple of months for me i've been working really hard on making my little space more organized and um as the end of the year was drawing to a close i was realizing how disorganized i was and how i needed to um, those of you who have been listening to this show for a while realize that I go in cycles and I go through this whole, I need to reorganize and I have to reboot. And this is this is me at the end of the school year reorganizing, getting ready for the new school year before the end has even come. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel really good about it, though. I've gotten things really tidy and organized and um, my notebooks are like in order and ready to be refilled in. And it's feeling really good. Yeah. I even awesome. got some, some some of my... Some of the stuff I transcribe into Google because some stuff for me works better on Google Docs and some stuff works better in notebooks and yeah, it's feeling really good. It's so I got my my uh, I even got my whiteboard finally moved from the other room into my little corner up on the wall behind me so when i finally do get around to doing periscopes again i've got a little whiteboard behind me so i can use that for notes while i'm scoping nice <laughs> I Can write little like urls behind me and <laughs> yeah i'm really excited and if nothing else it's just for me to write my own little lists of things i need to do on it and stuff haven't used it yet but <laughs> still, <laughs> still organized it's there it's there when i need it yes <laughs> i'm still in the planning stages so But now, school is out for us, and uh, we've been out for a couple weeks now, actually, and um, enjoying that. Um, Not as relaxed as I would like it to be, because I still have so many things I'm doing. (laughs) But um, new things, different things. But uh, my summer plans are lots of backyard work. Um, Of course, I'm working on my fourth annual Great Summer Purge and Clean Which uh, this year, the new thing is I have incorporated my children into it, which actually they've been doing really good. (laughs) No complaints. I'm really shocked. They actually got hands and knees and scrubbed floors with me this week with no complaints. (laughs) (laughs) I was really, really happy. Yeah, and I'm getting it done in record time, which is fantastic because, uh, because for the next thing on my list is my... Biz content creation. Um, I'm working on creating things for Noodle Homeschool um, this summer. That's my biggie um, this summer. So I want to. I didn't want to skip the great summer purge and clean. For those who are uh, who've not heard me talk about that yet, uh, I I just fo- it's just what it sounds like. I spend uh, each summer focused on purging stuff i go through my entire house and i purge as much as i possibly can and i clean I do a deep clean because that the rest of this of the year um i don't really have the time to do that so i take my summer and i focus hard on getting rid of clutter and doing deep cleaning that i never get to so um i have made sure to um still a lot of uh, that time um earlier in the day to do that and by incorporating my children into it I can get it done in record time um, I didn't want to I didn't want to sk- I actually I thought about skipping it completely so that I could focus just on my business stuff but then I was like no I don't want to do it it's this this will be my fourth year and I've done so well at it I don't want to skip it completely so by incorporating them into it I can get it done quicker and it's working <laughs> so um, it's it's going really well we just finished our second week and um, the kitchen is looking great so um we we did we took two weeks on the kitchen to to really do a good job on it so and and also this year because i've done this is my fourth year doing it i don't have as much purging to do believe it or not
1: yeah (laughs) as you go forward it seems like you'd have less and less to purge unless you're like a serious shopper or something
0: oh yeah yeah really i mean honestly there's still lots and lots of stuff here um because that just doesn't go away when you have children (laughs) right right (laughs) and when you're homeschooling you know you always are still bringing stuff in but but, um, but in general, like, you know, I've decided this year to skip my kitchen cupboards because I did it last year. I purged last year how much new stuff am I really bringing into my kitchen? <laughs> <You know? laughs> other than the food stuff, which I actually probably could go through. But I figured, you know what, I'll just do that every other year. <laughs> you know? Yeah, And I skipped, I decided not to do my books this year because I did it thoroughly. Last year, I went through every book and I decided which ones to keep. So next year, I'll go through my books again and I'll decide. And next year I'll probably find more that I'm able to part with because each year I'm able to part with a little bit more. So yes, um, but I figure I don't have to do that every single year. So um, so that enables me to get um, get through it a lot faster. So so um, anyway, and then I'm also allotting time to plan for the new school year, of course, and also because uh, my daughter did not finish her history course this this year, so we're finishing up the Joy Hakim History of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're listening to the audiobook of that um, a couple chapters every day to finish that up this summer. So that's uh, the last thing that we're still working on this summer. So even though <laughs> it's summer, it's crammed. <laughs> <laughs> so we have lots and lots of stuff that we're still working on. Um, so our summers are very busy and I'm also still trying to arrange play dates for my kids to try to keep them busy as well. So, and of course the triple digits have already hit. So we started our triple digit, what? last week, I guess we started getting triple digits. Yeah. <sighs> and uh yeah it's awful but you know such as living in the central valley and that's another reason why i like to keep busy because it keeps me to uh keeps me from dwelling on the fact that i hate the weather (laughs) in the summer (laughs) (laughs) otherwise i'll sit around and complain all day (laughs) so uh, let's see what else. Oh, I finally got a tripod for my phone, which I'm very excited about because now I can finally do periscopes. Haven't yet. But <laughs> yeah. um, I decided actually that I'm not going to start planning my periscopes until I actually have uh, con- more content On my business, homeschoolrealm.com, to sell because um, kind of the point of doing the periscopes is to be able to sell the products. And I have some there for sale, but since I'm revamping all the stuff that I have there right now, I don't really want to be drawing attention to it until it's revamped. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, wait until I get it all revamped this summer. My goal is by the end of summer to have the amazing race courses that I currently have up there for sale that I'm in the process of doing a major revamp of them. Um, done by the end of summer so every day I'm working a little bit more on those and getting those revamped it's coming along nicely yay and um, by the end of summer just, it's taking so much longer than I thought it would because I'm just you know you go through things and you tweak and then you go oh I could do oh that could be better oh that could be you know you always find more stuff to tweak as you tweak and I'm kind of a perfectionist so uh, and then I think of new ideas <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and which is good because it just means it's getting better and better and better so that's okay it'll Yay. all it'll be fantastic by the time I'm done with it so I'm Absolutely. pretty proud yeah so it's coming along nicely um, so I'll just keep working on that and by the time I'm done this summer my goal is to relaunch all my amazing race courses and then hopefully if there's enough time my focus is to get those Totally revamp revamped by the end of summer, and then if I have enough time, I'm also going to create season 28, which is the season that just ended. Um, uh, if I'm not able to do that, then I'll just start working on that as soon as I'm done. But um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, so I'm pretty excited. And then <laughs> I can start doing periscopes and doing streaming video to show people what the courses look like. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like a behind the scenes thing to show people what the courses look like, so they can see what you know what. M- m- what their kid would be doing so that's the idea okay at least for some of it and then i'm also going to do book reviews and stuff like i've done before yeah yeah that was really fun i have lots of ideas for that so um and then lastly i'm super excited uh we decided uh that well my husband and i a long time ago decided that we don't really want to have a lawn a front lawn anymore because uh well, we just didn't want one anyway, but with this drought that you guys have probably heard of that we're having in California last year, we stopped watering our our lawn when they, the city actually was encouraging citizens not to water their lawns because of the um, drought, extreme right. drought that we're having right here and uh, in California. And um, so our lawn is dead. It's been dead for quite a while and it's, it's it's been mostly weeds for so long anyway. So I was like, uh, just recently thinking about it some more because I've often thought of, I just want to tear it up and do something different with it. And recently just came up with the idea of let's do a native garden um, of native plants. So I'm super excited researching that. So that's my latest obsession. Yay. <laughs> I'm looking into all kinds of fun stuff to do with that. So. That is going to be something that when I have something to show pictures of, I will definitely post pictures. There's not. It's going to be a while before we actually have anything to show because <laughs> it's gonna. I'm I'm just hula hoing and it's turning into dirt right now. But I'm going to be so excited to see how it's going to turn out because I'm not a gardener at all. <laughs> and uh, but the idea of a native garden is really exciting because it should be very low maintenance. <laughs> right. Well- once once it's in once it's in <laughs> considering
1: that the native plants here in Fresno probably are mostly desert plants yep. <laughs> since this was a desert before we decided to start exactly. farming it <laughs>
0: that's the idea
1: <laughs>
0: so I'm very excited I'm, I'm I've been researching it a lot and so uh yeah, yeah. I'm, re- I'm like super jazzed by this idea and so I'm out there with my hula ho in the morning before it gets too too hot and uh, doing a little bit every day and digging up more of the weeds in my yard and <laughs> and <laughs> this is just so odd for me because I am so not the gardener I hate yard work I hate gardening I'm like I don't say hate but I it's just not me and it's not my yeah. thing so it's super funny that I've been spending days and days and days on end out working in my yard <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's what I've been doing <laughs> I'm getting into it and so if any of you guys are in California, know anything about native gardening, <laughs> drop me a line. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I would love to hear about it. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Becky? You know,
1: not a whole lot. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so in the last episode, remember, I was all excited because uh, I got Wednesday, my car, and I was super excited about it. And then like, what was it a week after that or something when we were at the park? And I left and my car (laughs) broke down. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, so we were at a Homeschool 101 thing, Tina and I and a bunch of other of our friends, and um, I left there and got about halfway to the freeway and my car started smoking like the interior filled with smoke and so I freaked out pulled over called a tow company the tow company was like it's going to be three hours it's Friday night oh
0: jeez!
1: but it was early on Friday night who in the heck are they towing that early on a Friday night <laughs> I don't know So then I called my husband and I said, this is what's happening. And so he left work and came and he checked everything. Couldn't find anything wrong. Started the car up. It was okay. Smelled smoky, though. You could definitely tell something had happened. But he drove it home. Oh, cool. So he got it home. I've been dri- I had been driving it, and then a couple days later, we were in the car, and it started to smoke again. And this time, it was very easy to trace down to the burnt wire Oh no. that had someone had faultily installed in my car to going to the cooling fan. You know, that one that's in front of the radiator that keeps mm. your car from bursting into flames? Oh, no. So, um, Dean thought he had it fixed, and then um, I was driving my car the other day, and once again it started overheating so (laughs) i am without a car again for a short period of time just until dean can figure out why the wire keeps burning out he's checked the fuses he's checked everything he can think of and he's not coming up with an answer so um the reason i mentioned that is because the next thing on my bullet list is the kids have been taking karate but they haven't been this week because i can't take them to karate because i don't have a car (laughs) bummer It is a bummer because um, they're really, they've really been enjoying taking karate. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, It's a a friend of mine. um, She bought a a dojo and she runs it and um, they've been having a really good time. Danielle's been helping out over there. Like she's got like, you know, like a little gig going over there where when, when Tracy needs it, she calls and Danny comes and helps her with birthday parties and stuff. Makes a little pocket money. (laughs) And she's getting confidence and stuff from from doing karate. And, and they're learning to listen to somebody besides me, which yeah. is always <laughs> a good thing. Yeah. And um, so I'm so sad that they can't go. Oh, and they've been working so hard to help with the fundraiser to be able to go to... Um, during the summer because, of course, our school funds cut off uh, June 24th. Oh. So, um, and I don't have enough money to keep both of them in karate. There's just no way. So, like, they've been working on, you know, working to try to get scholarships for the summer and, and now I have no way to get them back and forth, at least for the moment. Dean is, um, as always, hopeful that he will get it fixed on his next day off. So, fingers crossed that that happens because, you um, if there's uh, one thing that's worse than driving around in the summer uh, in Fresno is not having a car to drive around in the summer in Fresno. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you're just stuck at home where it's hot and miserable.
0: Ugh, yeah.
1: You, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's that. Um, Jack has been making these amazing stop motion Lego videos. And he's been making stop motion videos for a while now, but I've just recently been showing him how to upload them into Movie Maker and then edit them and do vo- voiceover and how to find music that you can use on YouTube without them dinging you and huh. all of that kind of stuff and adding credits. I, I ha- we have fun making funny credits. Like the last one I put, you know, uh, c- camera work by Jack Gist, directed by Jack Gist, written by Jack Gist, <laughs> catering by Jack Gist. <laughs> <laughs> We get funny in the credits, but, uh, and, but all of the, the titles are like episode one, episode two,
0: <laughs>
1: Very Star and they're all Star Wars. It's because the kid has like, I don't know, like a hundred Star Wars minifigs. <laughs> oh, geez. So um, he's been using those to, um, to make his um, stop motions. So I got this awesome new pencil sharpener. <laughs> I know it seems like a really strange thing to be excited about, but I have been using a hand-me-down pencil sharpener from um, when um, Roger used, our friend Roger um, used to run his chiropractic office. It is a hand-me-down from that long ago. Tina knows how long that's a long time that is ago. a long
0: time ago that
1: that's why when it died, I posted that video where I played taps because it it really it earned its keep
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, so I went on um Amazon to find a new electric sharpener, and I was willing to pay a good price to have a good pencil sharpener that would last a while because I mean i'm I can't stand pencils that are slightly dull and I can't stand pencils with no erasers. Both of those things right. make me crazy, <laughs> so I have to have a good pencil sharpener and uh, plus the colored pencils around here get sharpened on a daily basis, I think. So, um, it is, uh, this amazing little portable thing. It runs on, it can run on batteries or you can plug it in or you can, you know, um, plug it in USB. Uh-huh. So it runs either way of those ways, any one of those ways. And it has three levels of sharpness. Oh. You can have like you know, just a little sharp or medium sharp or like super sharp, (laughs) (laughs) like piercing walls kind of sharp. And um, it's just, it is amazing. And I highly recommend it to anyone who is in the market for a new pencil sharpener.
0: I actually could use one. We still have the old fashioned one on the wall, the hand crank kind, and they don't work very well. I didn't have anywhere to put one like that. And the kids hate it. Actually, I think the main problem with that isn't so much the sharpener as I buy cheap pencils. I buy like uh. dollar store pencils. And I think half the time that the lead isn't centered. I think, yeah. that's, oh. I think that's what it is. Because that's it's like always like, you know, when you sharpen a pencil and part of the wood is still covering the yes. lead. I hate that. Oh, <laughs> I know. And I suspect that's just because it's a cheap pencil and it's not centered. I can't imagine it's what actually but happens so much <laughs>
1: I have yet to have that happen with this sharpener and mm. I've probably sharpened 20 20 pencils in it since I got it not mm. including all the colored ones that Danielle and and them sharpen when I'm not looking so yeah um but I did have to make the rule that Danielle is not allowed to take it in her room because <sighs> she'll take my pencil sharpener in a room and I'll never see it again <sighs> yeah so it has to stay right where it is. You can't, or unless I move it, you're not allowed to take it away from there, but it is, it is amazing. So cool. this pencil, I don't, there's like, there's like brand na- a brand name on it, but it's like Nil Tech Portable. It's, so I'm going to put the link to it in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself if you are in the mood for a pencil sharp, or in the, the market for a pencil sharpener, I guess. This is uh, an amazing pencil sharpener.
0: It shows batteries, but it takes, it, it takes can do- batteries or... USB, yeah. you said? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, could... it does have an internal battery, too? Yes. Oh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, so you can put batteries in it if you want to take it away someplace. Oh, okay. Or you can plug it into the wall, or you can plug it into any USB. Oh, I see.
0: You Okay, so the USB is to plug it in. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was for recharging it. Okay, gotcha.
1: Oh, Oh well, I guess if you, you could get rechargeable batteries to put in it, but that's still... Okay. USB still wouldn't recharge it. No, never mind. <laughs> I, <see laughs> I thought I knew what I was saying there, but anyways I understand no. yeah okay. it's awesome cool um, and lastly it's it's allergy season and Jack and <laughs> I are suffering something oh. fierce <laughs> oh. I I wake up in the morning and my left eye is like all swollen oh awful <laughs> gets my sinuses. But I'm getting better. So if during the course of this episode, I start sounding like this, <laughs> right, it's just my allergies. My precious. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> I, I start, I start getting really raspy. So, thankfully, this isn't a really long recording. So hopefully that won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's about it for us. We've just been, you know, chugging right along, waiting for the end of the school
0: year to come. Now, how much longer do you have? 24th oh so, god you still have 20 more days jeez. yeah but you don't have to go back until september though huh well no
1: because i told um my so our school summit has three tracks the first track starts in august and the track that we're on because of the way that the whole thing went down our track doesn't start until october oh possibly like the first week of november oh Yeah. And I technically didn't start until January. So that's why I'm on the last track, because they wanted to get as many school days in with us as possible. Mm. And so um, I told my educational coordinator, I said, look, next year, I don't want to start in November I said, mm-hmm. I need to be moved to track A because I want to get out of school in May like everybody else. And I want, you know, I, I don't want this. Or oh, okay. actually, I think track A gets out even before, like in April, like the end of April. They get out because oh, they start way early. So, um, yeah. And, and I told the kids, I said, this might mean we only have a six-week summer. But that's okay because we oh, have summer anyways. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I just want to like not be in school until June 24th. It just seems like it drags. It's
0: a long time
1: it really it really is and all the kids friends are out and you know like baby jay wants to come over and play and we want to play with sophie and allison and they're all out of school and we can't because we're still like i'm sorry the kids are working on their math but just give me a little bit and you know it's it's awful
0: awful. yep that is hard yeah Mm. so
1: now we'd like to give some time to our sponsor
0: We'd like to give a very special Savvy Homeschool Moms thank you to Pandia Press for sponsoring our neutral science episode. Pandia Press publishes a comprehensive secular science curriculum, Real Science Odyssey, which covers biology, chemistry, physics, astronomy, and earth sciences. With engaging lessons and hands-on labs for a variety of learning levels, it's a favorite with Savvy Homeschool Kids. As a special just for our listeners, use the coupon code Moms to get 10% off your next order. Now we'd like to share with you the final part of our two-part secular science resource series. Last episode, we shared a plethora of resources that secular homeschoolers or homeschoolers looking for non-religious science resources could explore, and we gathered links on the show notes of that episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 62. During the recording of that episode, which we co-hosted with Blair Lee of Pendia Press, we discovered a very important topic that warranted its own separate show, Neutral Science. Rather than add to that show, which was already growing in content, we decided to move the explanation for why we did not include any neutral science in our resource recommendations into its own standalone show. This allows us to better explain things in a way we feel best suits the topic. So now, on to this show's topic, why neutral science isn't neutral.
1: So today we are joined again by Blair Lee, our resident science expert. Yes. And... She is going to talk today about why neutral science isn't neutral. So, Blair, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: I am a homeschooling mom. I've been homeschooling for 10 years now. Um, My son's in 10th grade. Um, Before I had him, in fact, the day before I gave birth to him was my last day that I taught. I uh, taught at community colleges in San Diego, and I taught chemistry and human heredity I, uh, at various schools in San Diego, uh, and I loved it. I loved teaching uh, college, uh, and be- I have degrees in, so I'm able to teach biology and chemistry, because I have a degree in biology. I have an evolutionary biology degree from UCSD, bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I have a general chemistry degree, again, from UCSD, mm-hmm. um, a bachelor's. And then I have a master's in um, chemistry from UCSD. Uh, I was in a PhD program at UCSD and got out with um, a master's because it's so sad. Because, you know, I tell people that everybody has to do labs. But the day-to-day repetition of doing the same lab over and over again, I did not love. (laughs) (laughs) I And I was one of these people. I loved studying science. I loved the theoretical. So I probably would have done okay if I'd have chosen more theoretical masters. But I chose a really applied masters looking at petroleum contaminants, identifying petroleum contaminants in soil. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to be an environmental chemist. Um, and I'm still very interested in that, but, um, looking at soil samples, the fluorescent sing- signal of soil samples, uh, multiple times every day, I wanted to cut my throat. I'm sorry to say. Nah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so then I got out and taught science instead. Um, I, when I started homeschooling, um, obviously I wanted my son to learn science and I had a problem and that was that I could not find good secular science and or I couldn't find science that you, that had lab that were well paired with what I call the theory the textual part uh and so this was in chemistry I was looking for and so a friend of mine was complaining about the same thing mm-hmm. so I wrote a chemistry course uh-huh. uh, got about mm-hmm. six chapters into it my husband suggested I send it to this publisher that looked like they might um be a good fit. And it turned out to be Pandaya Press. (laughs) Uh, And she, uh, so I sent it to three different homeschool publishers and I sent it on a Friday and Kate got back to me. Who is, who's the uh, owner of Pandaya Press. She got back to me on Sunday. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) So I have a Cinderella story as far as being a published author. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It took me less than 48 hours to get somebody to take it. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, she and I really see eye to eye on how science should be taught. Uh, Actually, I say taught, but how science is best learned, because that's really the way Kate and I focus. Uh, Mm -hmm. We believe the focus should be on how people learn. Because as homeschoolers, that's what we're all about, is how our kids best learn things. Uh, so that keeps me busy. I have two courses, a middle school course for biology, Real Science Odyssey Biology 2. I have a chemistry course that is a Real Science Odyssey Level 1 chemistry course. And um, I am going through and editing the course Astronomy and Earth Science, which is a Level 2 course. And I'm editing it because... I am going to beef it up and split it into two courses. I don't know exactly how that's going to be structured or anything. We haven't figured the logistics out, but that is also going to be a high school course. So the uh, astronomy and earth science, which has a serious environmental science component, is going to be middle school and high school. Hmm. And so that is what I'm working on right now And uh, when I'm not... Very very busy with all the other things I do, including <laughs> my 16 year old. I am the science writer, the science columnist for Homeschool Life magazine, which is a really nice magazine um, that is being written for the secular homeschooling community. If I do say so myself, I I will tell you I was really happy when they asked me to be a regular contributor. It's a quarterly magazine because it is such a good magazine. <laughs> yeah in fact I negotiated myself up because when she asked me to be it and told me what what I would get for my articles I said I will do this as long as you also give me a free subscription to oh nice magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this magazine is so good I want it and she did and so I write for oh, them nice. uh and then I started a group um uh April 15th 2016 it's our birthday going to have, by that time, we're going to have over 5,000 members. We're awesome. super close to that right now. It's my favorite group right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is called Secular Eclectic Academic Homeschoolers. And this is the premise that started C homeschoolers, as we call it, is that um, I wrote an article a little a little less than a year ago and said, hey, all this talk about getting away from traditional academics, where's the talk about what to put in its place for academic homeschoolers? Does anybody want to have this conversation with me? Um, and I thought about a hundred people would want to have a conversation with me. And um, since then, a lot more than a hundred, we're growing really fast every day still. Um, we just were mentioned, our group was just mentioned in an article in the Atlantic magazine Wow. um yeah it's it and so I, I, I did not realize there were that many people who really wanted to talk about eclectic academics um and the it is secular doesn't mean we're, we're in no way anti-religious we have a lot of people of faith in that group but it is a group for people who want to use secular academics in their homeschooling it doesn't have anything to do with their faith issues mm-hmm. um and so it's a really safe place the other thing is it's a really nice group and we work hard to make sure that that's the personality so you're able to get on there and ask questions that you might be afraid to ask in other groups because you might be afraid that uh somebody will get mad at you for asking them it does Mostly not happen in that group. Space. it is a safe space even as big as it is um that group has three parts to it we have a website uh that we're about to run a sweepstakes on so you guys if you have not gone over and checked out uh see you should and <laughs> if you decide you want to sign up for it you will be put into the sweepstakes we have eight weeks of prizes there's one prize a week and i am really proud i i reached out to the community and said hey i'll give you free advertising um so that people can learn about our website if you donate a prize. So we got very generous donation, really actually really generous donations. Um, and then, uh, there is our public group, which a public page where we post daily articles about what's going on that of interest to homeschoolers. Um, and then there is our private group, which is where the action is. Um, and that is really used as a discussion forum, and it is lively. And then I also speak at conferences. And when I speak at conferences, I talk about eclectic academics, and I talk about learning science. Those are the two. Oh, this year I have a new talk that I'm doing uh, because of a project I did with my son for school this year. And it is project-based learning through the lens of politics and activism, because my son has... Done a big project in politics this year. Mm. <laughs> so I love science, and I write about science for the homeschool community. And the, we are talking about something today. When you ask me to do this, this is something near and dear to my heart because I'm a scientist. When people ask me what I am, I'm all these other things, and it was a long list. But what I am at the end of the day is a scientist. I spent a lot of years in school. Um, learning science. I love science. It speaks to me. And so, um, I have made it one of my missions to help people, uh, in the homeschool community understand what some of the parameters for choosing materials to teach science to your kids. Mm-hmm. So excellent.
0: So we're going to go into um, the topic of discussion for the show now. And um, for the purpose of this discussion, we wanted to be very clear about what we mean when we say secular. Blair's already gone into it a bit, but we just want to be really clear that when we're talking, well, when Blair's talking about secular, <laughs> um, that we mean secular. Um, non-religious not anti-religious um that means uh denoting attitudes activities or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis it's not the same thing as anti-religious
2: so blair what is the deal with neutral science (laughs) so so first i want to define secular science um it was so a group of us uh in a committee were asked to come up with some definitions for what constitutes secular materials. And I was the chair of the committee, and when we divided up which subject areas we're going to, I was one of the people who developed the definition for what constitutes secular science. So I would like to share that with your listeners. So secular science materials present the accepted fact principles, models, and theories explaining how the natural and physical world works as recommended by a majority of practicing experts in an area of science. Science curriculum programs should not exclude or misrepresent scientific facts, principles, models, or theories that are considered core ideas in the field. And I will share this with you so that um, people can take the text of this. So science that is not secular often minimizes, misrepresents, or in the case of neutral science, omits accepted facts, principles, models, and theories. So first of all, neutral science is science material where uh, they omit scientific facts, principles, models, or theories. Neutral science isn't neutral. Let's tell you right away, neutral science is actually religious dogma. Because hmm. why is it neutral? Why are they omitting it? Okay. And even if the reason is financial, because they want to sell more courses and not religious, um, not from a faith-based situation, it, it keeps it from becoming secular science. Because why did you remove it? You removed it because you're worried about offending somebody's philosophy, So why is it a problem when you omit accepted facts, principles, models, and theories? Why is that a problem? Well, so let's talk about what science is, okay? The purpose of science and what is appropriate in a science class. First of all, science is a method, it's a practice. Personal beliefs don't have a place in a science course. Frankly, a science course, there's just too much material to cover. To to be to be taking up space with your personal beliefs, to be very honest. But it also isn't the job of science. The job of science is not to support an individual's philosophical beliefs, their philosophy of life. It is the job of science to explain how the natural and physical world works, even when scientific explanations are at odds with the person's philosophical beliefs. So science, without taking out anything. Is neutral. One of my favorite sayings about this comes out of an article. Uh, they're talking about the negotiations um, that were going around about making some restrictions that would help mitigate the rate of climate change. And in it, this person says he's he's quibbling with the fact that they're negotiating and how that's a political ploy because physics doesn't negotiate, physics just does. (laughs) And then he later quotes and says, because physics doesn't even care, physics just does. (laughs) And that really sums up a lot of this. We bring this personal bias that has to do with our own philosophy of life into science, but science just does. (laughs) So when you take these parts out about science... The purpose of science is not as an ethical or moral moral description of how to live your life. That's what philosophy is for. And even people who do not feel that they're religious, they everybody's got a philosophy of about life. Right. So so um some of the discoveries of science might affect the ethical and moral choices you make, but science is about taking observable evidence and using that evidence to design Scientific testable models and hypotheses that explain the the observable phenomenon. Science itself doesn't have a purpose; it just does. Yeah, it just is. Um, but but the point of studying science and for us to have our kids learn science is to help them understand uh, and us understand how the natural and physical world works. Right. And that's the problem when you start to take parts out. Yeah. It's like giving somebody a thousand-piece puzzle with 150 pieces removed, not from one section either, from all pieces of it. Because the parts, when you look at what gets left out of these courses they are almost always foundational fundamentals. For instance, evolution. Evolution is the foundational fundamental of biology, right? There is not one area of biology that evolution doesn't touch. And when you start removing evolution from it, you have a thousand piece puzzles that you have taken out 400 pieces. Mm hmm. And, If you're not a science expert, so we're really talking about how this affects homeschoolers and why homeschoolers shouldn't choose neutral science if they want their kids to really learn science. If you are worried about your kids coming to an ethical and moral philosophy in their life, science isn't the place to look for it. (laughs) (laughs) You need a a philosophy course, right? Right. There, it's yeah. It is this muddying of what science really is by treating it as if it's a type of philosophy. And it's be, it's because it touches people's philosophy. Okay, so let's take um, climate change. Well, if we accept, so this is a, an area of science that gets omitted because there's a lot of political ramifications of taking it seriously. I just finished, um, it's one of the last chapters in the book, I just finished putting the finishing touches on um, the chapter on climate change. I'm telling you, climate change is not complicated uh, at all. Um, but it also, it's really big. So why do people take it out? Well, because if that's true, then we have an ethical and moral dilemma right? Because it's affecting uh, entire communities. If the, all the glaciers melt, the sea levels rise, there's acidification of the ocean, and that's going to affect sea creature, organisms that live in the sea, and it's going to affect, you know, entire communities. And so there's all of these ethical and moral issues. And so people need to change their lifestyle if, if they care about this. Mm. But the science isn't the villain in that. Right? And, right? and honestly, people aren't the villain. Uh, we didn't know. It's right. Still, right. You, who knew? Now we know. What are we going to do about it? Well, neutral science and the people writing neutral science courses say, let's just not teach people this. <laughs> so, and if we don't teach you this, then, so what happens is you've never learned it. So you don't think it's really A, easy to learn. B, maybe it's not even happening because right. if it were, wouldn't I be being taught this? Huh. Right. If it was that yeah. important, I'd have learned it. Somebody yeah, exactly. So it's,
1: me. it's obviously not even a thing because I didn't learn about it.
2: Yeah. right. right. And, and that's really true. And so that's the problem with neutral science. So, so that, but people are like, you know, people are really bothered by learning about this stuff. Okay. Physics just does. And so it doesn't mean you shouldn't learn about it. Yeah. Because frankly, people got us into this. What are we going to do to get us out? And that actually is kind of scary because if you don't have a lot of people working on a problem, it might get solved, but it's not as likely. So let me just state in one sentence, what is neutral for science? What is neutral for science? And what Tina, Becky, and I are actually coming out and saying should be the definition of secular science not just not neutral science but neutral and secular science is science that reports the facts accepted principles and current theories period this is without anybody's philosophical beliefs or omissions because mm-hmm. of either your or other people's philosophical beliefs. And I right. am telling you, if you are writing a biology course and you don't understand evolution well enough to include it, you need to find another <laughs> line of work. Right. Okay.
1: Right. Um yeah. if you
2: are writing an earth science course and you don't understand climate change, which I'm telling you right now, give me 15 minutes and I'll teach it to you. You should not be telling people that your science is good enough to use your materials to teach kids. So I have said in the past, and I will say, this is what I think, by the way, I love alliteration in case anyone's wondering. (laughs) I think that neutral science in the homeschool community is a pernicious form of proselytizing. Because neutral science allows individuals who would like to muddy um, the actual core principles of science based on their philosophical beliefs, it actually allows it to be muddied so that people will doubt. Yeah. And how central those fundamentals of science are and how solid the science is. Mm-hmm. So one of the things for all you guys who are listening is that uh, I have included the definition of scientific theory and scientific model for you to use. So we're tossing around those two terms. And so if you go to the Savvy Homeschool Moms webpage, you can find those definitions and feel free to copy them and use in your homeschooling. Of course, if you use it in anything you write, you're going to want to. There, They are my definitions, so. Just mention it, but um, mm-hmm. I would love it if every person studying science understood specifically what those two terms meant.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so let's talk about what to look for in a science course. say? So here's my starting point for things that I write. My starting point is, number one, if you are a homeschooler who is teaching science, who is taking the time to find secular science resources, you might not have a science degree, you might not have had a strong science education, but you understand the importance of teaching your child, of having your child learn how the natural and physical world works, as is understood by most practicing experts in an area of science. And that you want your children to have a good science education. And if that's your starting point, let me tell you what to look for in science courses. The inclusion of evolution. Until recently, people really thought that ah, evolution is really hard to teach kids in grade school. And then they put it out as an ebook, self published ebook. It was picked up by a publisher, and then it's not available yet, but it will be soon. Grandmother Fish. Somebody wrote a book explaining evolution, actually the modern uh, description of how scientists understand evolution works. So there's even a game, and this is all for grade schoolers, and it all looks at evolution. So I would say now you're going to start seeing materials come out in grade school for evolution. But absolutely, in middle school and high school, any biology course that does not include evolution is not secular. That is not a secular biology course. Uh, and it has led to a lot of confusion for people who who are non-scientists about evolution. Is it a theory? Isn't it a competing theory? Um, no. The phenomenon of evolution is it's a fact. Evolution happens. And evolution mm-hmm. happens whether you yeah. believe in it or not. Exactly. What's the theory of mm-hmm. evolution? Well, the theory of evolution has to do with how it happens. For instance, um, on C homeschoolers, in the past, I published an article about there's now some thought that Neanderthal men did not have a Y chromosome. Okay. That is, that's a theory. That's going to, people are going to test that. You're going to have arguing about that. There's going to be some people who believe it, some people who don't. People are going to say, hey, where's your evidence? I need to see the evidence. Where'd you get the DNA? We're going to look for that. Um, It's so... Um, recently, I love Neanderthals. by the way, I'm so interested. I hope I have lots of Neanderthal <laughs> genes. <laughs> Not that I have any control over it, but I hope that. Um, and so, you know, people are like, we want to see it. And so, uh, what was it just a couple years ago, they came out and said that humans, depending on where you are from, have one to one to four percent of, um, your genome is Neanderthal, has is Neanderthal. DNA or gene. I'm sorry. I, I honestly can't remember if it's DNA or genes right now, but we can look it up and find out. But so that's a theory. They're figuring it out. Um, the more they know, the more questions they have. That's how science works. But uh, whether evolution occurs or not is not a theory. Okay. So to not have it in a biology text is a real stance to take. Okay. Right, right. And it is... It is dishonest, actually, in my opinion. I know I'm putting very strong things here, but I actually find it really dishonest of people to take it out and pretend that it is not a core part of biology. So um, another thing to look for is, is the word design used in place of the word evolution? There is simply no scientific evidence that organisms were designed. And so, again... Anything that has not been rigorously tested using the scientific method and shown to be the best explanation does not belong in a science course. Is the word created or creation used when discussing how organisms, the universe, or matter came into existence? Again, organisms evolved. They were not created. The universe and matter formed from events starting with the Big Bang. They were not created. There is simply no evidence any of these were created, but there is very strong evidence that organisms evolve and that the universe and matter came into an existence during some sort of Big Bang type event. That actually is a very interesting theory, the Big Bang theory. There's new bits coming in all the time about that, and that is, again, why that's why that's a theory. Um, the inclusion of the Big Bang Theory, anybody that is writing secular science, a secular astronomy course, would include the Big Bang Theory, a neutral statement from the science of astronomy. The universe is over 13 and a half billion years old, and the best explanation for how it came into existence is the Big Bang Theory. The evidence for the Big Bang Theory grows all the time. The Big Bang Theory explains how all matter and antimatter in the universe came to be, even the matter that makes humans. That is a scientifically neutral statement. So I want to point out in what I'm talking about so far, scientifically neutral statements point out what is the understanding and the evidence, Okay, the understanding based on the evidence, and, and they're statements of um, either fact fact statements or they are statements based on scientific theories that are the accepted explanations for things that are observed. Along the lines of the age of the universe, it is not neutral at all to not state the age of Earth and the universe in billions mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. That That isn't... Those two pieces of information are not theoretical i mean the specific to the exact day might have some theory based but that is based on very sound science those dates the evidence for the age of the earth and the universe is based on fact okay um using uh chemistry that comes out of chemistry i'll get to the various disciplines in a minute Another neutral statement that you would expect to see in an earth science text or an environmental science text has to do with um, global warming and climate change, and it has to do with the human contribution to these. Humans have been burning fossil fuels in increased amounts since the Industrial Revolution. That's a fact, by the way. Uh, And this has led to increased concentrations of carbon dioxide and other molecules. The science for this is is very solid. Um, Many of the things that I'm talking about, such as that, these aren't even, these aren't theories, although a science theory is actually, is even stronger. Scientists feel that that scientific theories are stronger than facts. So I'm kind of tossing the term fact around. Not every scientist would be happy with me for doing that. But I'm using fact in the layman's term just to get you guys to understand these things are really sound science principles and the experiments that have been done have shown them to occur. Um, Does a middle or high school level biology text only teach the old Linnaean system for classifying organisms? So this is an interesting story. So I uh, contacted Kate Johnson, the publisher of Pandaya Press, when I was writing Biology 2 and I said, hey, so the um, last unit is taxonomy." And it is going to be, I'm going to discuss taxonomy, but I'm mainly going to talk about um, phylogeny and cladistics. And Kate said, what? What? And I explained what those are. And she said, but people like the Linnaean system, Blair. And I said, I know they do. And that's because they learned it. But that's not where the taxonomy is a really hot area of biology believe it or not. And it's because scientists have all this genetic information and they are beginning to get so much more information on how species relate and how they evolved. And she lets me make those decisions. And so I said, here's the bottom line, Kate. I wouldn't use a science textbook for Sean, which is always my my ace in the hole with her because she always agrees with me if I say that. Um, I wouldn't use a science course with Sean that did not include phylogeny and cladistics because, frankly, I don't want Sean to go to college and not know what, what all your college courses are going to teach, uh, as far as, uh, taxonomy. And so look for that. If somebody is telling you that they, their science is good enough to, to, um, be the individual your child learns, uh, taxonomy from mm-hmm. then their science should be good enough to um, I- include a description of phylogeny and cladistics and if it's not mm-hmm. they should get on the internet and learn about it and then include it in their courses <laughs> <laughs> right <So>. yeah right <laughs> so um those are i hit biology astronomy and earth science those are the ones that most people think an environmental science those are the sciences that people say well I understand why I don't want neutral science from them, but I don't have to worry about it for physics or chemistry. Well, I'm a chemist and I will tell you that that's incorrect. You really do need to worry about it for physics and chemistry. So I love a Bob Seeger line with this and it's deadlines and commitments, what to leave in and what to leave out. Bob Seeger was one of my Very favorite bands when I was in my 20s. So if scientists are writing these courses, and I got to be honest to you, I'm not always sure they are, what are they committed to? You've got to ask yourself that. So why would a scientist who's committed to your child learning, really learning science, why would they omit key parts of science disciplines? And how does that affect chemistry and physics? Well, it affects it more than you would guess. Chemistry is the science that definitively proves evolution occurs. Environmental science has a lot of chemistry woven throughout it. In addition, physical chemistry and physics is the area of science used to study and explain global warming, climate change, environmental issues. Physics is the science that gives the clearest evidence of the Big Bang and how the universe came into existence. Okay, so what happens when you choose neutral science? So I I want to close with a couple of thoughts. Neutral science blurs the understanding of how the natural and physical world works. This is an understanding that has come about from thousands of years of science practices based on the scientific method. By making core science principles seem arbitrary, people who are not experts in science fields think these core science principles that are foundational fundamentals of science are arbitrary that is a bit, uh-huh. that's that is really the problem with neutral science now i'm going to close with um by telling you something i'm going to be very honest with you as a scientist somebody who has dedicated a significant portion of their life to helping other people learn science. I don't have a lot of respect for people who use their science credentials to sell products that are neutral science. They are putting their pocketbook and wallet above the science education of students. And the reason I talk about this issue is because I want people to know, because I think that that should matter when that student is your child. And I Absolutely. think that when somebody takes out core science principles to make themselves wealthier, that I don't think that's neutral at all. Agreed. And it isn't. It, it certainly isn't sure. secular.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. That's really very insightful and
2: something to think about.
0: Definitely.
2: This was a big podcast. I was actually, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like,
0: wow. If you have
2: any questions or comments, um, this is to the listeners. Tina and Becky will. Um, you can either make your comments here, and they'll forward them to me, or um, you can contact me through Pandia Press.
1: Or if we get, you know, if we get some good questions, a few of them, maybe we can have
2: you back, and you can just answer them on the show. I would be happy to answer them. Um, so and if I, you are in an area where it's kind of scary to admit to people that you're teaching secular science so that you don't want to put your name out there, just shoot Becky or Tina an email and they will forward it to me. We can chat yeah. privately. Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: Excellent. So, Blair, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day-to-day to talk to us about this um awesome topic
0: of neutral
2: science
0: yes thank you so much it meant
2: a lot to me that you guys asked me to do this this is as you know this is my my son is doing this whole uh, is really into being an activist this year and his dad told him that um, well you know your mom's an activist and my son said no i didn't know that ha- <laughs> uh, really? and um again remember i'm dealing with this we're dealing with a 16 year old and he said she is She's really put herself on the front line in the homeschool community about um, talking against neutral science. And my son doesn't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) But this isn't it. This is something I really care about. so I really appreciate you guys asking me and giving me a platform to talk to people about this.
0: Yes, of course. No problem. Thanks so much.
2: Just remember people, when you are choosing science materials, Physics, biology, chemistry, earth science, environmental science. Um, If I left anything out, I'm sorry. They just are. They just do. (laughs) (laughs) I need a t-shirt that just says physics doesn't negotiate. Physics, chemistry doesn't negotiate. Chemistry just does. Excellent. Yes. Yes.
0: And then your links, what, what, what links do you have that you can share for people? Um,
2: Oh, I will share my, uh, the website and you can, through the website, find the closed group. If you want to join that, um, I will put a link to real science odyssey courses, but I'll make sure that link's on there. And then, um, I write a blog. I forgot to talk about my own blog. I will, I write a blog and my blog has some science articles on there. Um, a lot of my blog deals with what I call a handcrafted education. I consider Sean's education to be a handcrafted education. And my blog has about my travels on there because we're big travelers. And so um,
0: So we'll put all these links in the show notes. Yeah, this, that's at savvyhomeschoolmoms.com forward slash sixty three will be this episode once it's out. And uh, and see homeschoolers is SEA homeschoolers.com, yes, is. I believe. Thank you. Awesome. And your blog, what's your blog?
2: BlairLeeBlog.wordpress.com.
0: Well, that's a yes. easy one. Awesome. And did you have a Facebook
2: page that you also yes, do? Or but that... I, am not that good about posting to that. I keep saying I'm going to oh, get okay. better. So nevermind. Blair that. Lee, it's <laughs> never Blair mind. Lee MS. Um, and I do sometimes post cool stuff there. It's actually not about, I mean, it's not a terrible one to belong to cause you're not going to get a lot. I've got so many <laughs> other irons in the fire. I keep meaning, to make that more meaningful. And I just haven't gotten around to it.
0: I know how that goes, but they can contact you through your blog though, right? Uh, yes. Oh, you know what?
2: actually, that's great. That is the reason that you would want to be on my Facebook group. My MS, Blairly there MS you go. because it's,
0: Oh, they can contact I, you through that.
2: If you want to contact me, Facebook is a super duper way to contact me because there you because go. Because I'm the one of the founders of this huge Facebook group, I'm on Facebook all the time.
0: Oh yeah, we can attest to that. Which is why you were available for the last episode at <laughs> the
2: last minute.
0: <laughs> so we'll get all of those links into the yeah. show notes, and uh, you guys can find. Oh, them there. I even
2: had the flu for that. For that, this was I was like, <laughs> really? I was like, oh, please feel better <laughs> for this one. <laughs> I have grandkids, oh, you and when you job. have grandkids, it's like having a kid all over again. I get sick now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Blair. This is I wonderful. always
2: love being with you. And hey, you guys, anybody out there, if you have a science question, anytime, you do not have to be using one of my books. If you're savvy, you can post it on Savvy Homeschool Moms, and they'll share it with me. And who knows, maybe, Salute. maybe I'll come back and answer it.
0: Sure, we talk to Blair all the time. Yeah. So
2: cool. righty. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye.
1: Bye. So I hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Blair Lee on why neutral science isn't neutral. And once again, thank you so much to Blair Lee for taking time out of her busy schedule to be with us.
0: Thanks, Blair. Thank you, Blair. Yay. So if you love our show and you would like to contribute to the making of them, you can now sign up for a monetary pledge per show via the crowdfunding site. Patreon. You decide how much and you can even set a per month cap. Plus, we have fun rewards for you at each level. For complete info, visit SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash Patreon. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yay! (laughs) So, Tina, what have you guys been reading in the past few months? (laughs) (laughs) Well, since the last time we talked about books, uh, we finished... The Battle of the Labyrinth, which is the fourth book in the first Percy Jackson series. And we also finished the fifth book in, the, in that series, uh, The Last Olympian. These are by Rick Riordan. Then we moved into the next Percy Jackson series, The <laughs> Heroes of Olympus. And we're working through that series now. We've read The Lost Hero, which is number one. The Son of Neptune, number two. And we're finishing up the third book, which is The Mark of Athena, loving the Percy Jackson books. (sighs) Cannot say enough about them. Um, We also read A Little Princess um, by Frances Hodgson Burnett, which, of course, is a classic. Um, Those are all books that we read together. Actually, I read them aloud to the children. So even at my son is 10 and a half and my daughter is 15, I still read aloud to them. We read together. We love reading together. So Um, let's see. Maven, who is 15, um, is has read or was is currently working on A Tale of Time City by Diane Diana Wynne Jones. And she also read Sojourner Truth, Ain't I a Woman by Patricia C. McKissick. And she also read Escaping Peril, which is the eighth book in the Wings of Fire series by Tui T. Sutherland. And as part of her history reading, she read some historical picture books um and actually some of these are kind of more of a um i don't even know what i put quick reads because they weren't exactly picture books they were a little bit longer than picture books but they still were not like they weren't like chapter books yeah Uh, they were really quick reads but i liked i really really like picture like historical picture books um i like to bring those in um when we're learning about a subject because it's a really fun way there's some fantastic picture books now nowadays um And they are such a fun way to learn about historical topics, I think. And then the artwork is just fabulous in these books. So um, anyway, so she read The Patrick Path, A Quilt Map of Freedom. um, And that's uh, about the Underground Railroad by Betty Stroud. She also read Henry's Freedom Box, A True Story from the Underground Railroad by Ellen Levin or Levine. Um, The Daring Escape of Ellen Craft by Kathy Moore. I believe that one is about an uh, escaped slave um and the civil war an interactive history adventure by matt Doden, and that one is one of those like choose your own adventure books oh i love those about the civil war um and apparently there's a whole series like a history series i don't know if you've seen this there's like a choose your own adventure history series oh i had no idea yeah pretty cool interactive so you could just google interactive history adventure and you could probably find the whole series Cool. um i don't know if they're all the same author but just look for those words so Tiran who's 10 uh finished uh let's see he finished the book Colossus Rises which is a series the Seven Wonders series that was book number one by Peter Lurangus and he also read number two which is called Lost in Babylon number three Tomb of Shadows and number four uh which is called Curse of the King and he's currently working on the Legend of the Rift which is the fifth in the series um I didn't put the author that's okay oh no yes I did it's all the same author Peter Larangus sorry I put it at the beginning I put it at the beginning (laughs) and um, then he also read another series when he was in between two of those books somewhere in there he was waiting for another book to come in from the library so he picked up another series and he read he was he went on a binge he goes through binges (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he read The Golden Door which is number one Number two, The Silver Door. And number three, The Third Door. And that's The Three Doors Trilogy by Emily Rada. And me, I actually had a little binge myself of audiobooks. And I listened to Little Women, which of course everybody knows about, by Louisa May Alcott. Finally listened to that. And uh, thought I wasn't going to like it, but I actually ended up liking it finally. It took me a while, but slow to get started. But I finally <laughs> liked it. <laughs> Not my kind of book. But I wanted to say I had heard it because classic, and I like to try to do some classics at least. And I actually ended up kind of liking it. Didn't love it, but I liked it. Um, The Orphan of Ellis Island by Elvira Woodruff. (laughs) I have to mention four of these books I found when I went searching for books with the theme of time travel. (laughs) (laughs) And so I found a series on time travel and this one little book, which I think is so cute. This is a kid's book, The Orphan of Ellis Island. Highly recommend for all you guys who have children who like the topic of time travel, go check out The Orphan of Ellis Island. Super cute story. I won't go into all the details of it, but uh, it's super cute. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. Good kids book. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's probably like middle school age. Maybe. I don't think it's even young adult. It's It was kind of young, but I read it anyway. It was super cute. <laughs> probably my son would probably love it. Um, let's see. So then the series that I listened to was called the river of time series and i read number 1 was waterfall number 2 was cascade and number 3 was torrent and that was by lisa ton bergren and i don't really know if i recommend that one as much it was uh, it was pretty good but uh, i have i had some problems with the plot <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, i digress <laughs> mm-hmm. and those were uh, young adult so there was some uh, more uh, older I would say not not appropriate for younger. Not all of it was appropriate for younger kids. There were some more adult themes in those books, so definitely young adult. Um, let's see. A Window Opens by Elizabeth Egan. Don't even remember what that was about. That's how <laughs> <laughs> That's how great that book was. It was just a fluff book, I think. Uh, the Princess <laughs> Bride by William Goldman. I think yeah, I That's list- a good book. Oh yeah, but it took me like maybe 2 hours to listen to a nice quick listen and uh it was so good just as good as the as the as the movie and american gods by neil gaiman which is adult not for children not for children no not for children (laughs) not for children (laughs) and i did not enjoy it (laughs) i didn't hate it but i like so much more of neil gaiman's stuff i love I, i actually really like the quirkiness of that is neil gaiman and this one was a little too quirky for me. It was too dark, uh, it, and I actually like his dark stuff. Like, yeah. I like his weird, quirky, dark stuff. This was too odd and dark for me. I just didn't like it that much. It, I didn't hate it. Yeah, it, I didn't. It love wasn't it. a favorite. Okay, no, okay, I'll, I'll let that go. Not. I I made it all the way through the end. I wasn't like, I wasn't like ready to give up on it, but I was like is it over yet? Oh. <laughs> Can we be done with it yet? And I decided not to continue the series. So, <laughs> so what have you guys been reading?
1: Not nearly as much. <laughs> um, but, there's always reasons and i'm not going to defend my reasons this time but (laughs) don't have to (laughs) (laughs) but um they have been reading but um mostly it's been stuff for their schoolwork. um not a lot of reading for pleasure at the moment so but i um read aristotle and dante discover the secrets of the universe by benjamin sainz would you say Mm -hmm. i think it's sainz sainz sayings maybe um i am going to give a warning here right now this does cover it is a young adult book but it covers some adult topics um about um homosexuality and prejudice and that kind of thing um ah this book i i really wanted to like this book a whole lot um Uh because it won a lot of awards and i did like it but i didn't like it a whole lot Uh Uh, i don't like the author style Mm. But eh, that's okay. I'm not going to like every book I read, right? True. And then I also read, um, uh, am reading Hex by Thomas Old Huvelt. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm guessing on the back on the last name there because <laughs> I happen to pick books where people have really fun last names. Yeah. Um, I finished finally Necronomicon by H.P. Lovecraft. That was 21 hours. Huh. Uh, it, it really felt like an accomplishment when I got to the end because I don't know if you've, you, I, that's 21 hours on one and a half speed uh-huh. and, um, H.P. Lovecraft crams a lot of words into every sentence, just <laughs> a lot of them. Um, I started listening to Geek Parenting, What Joffrey, jor Maleficent, and the McFlies Can Teach Us About Raising a Family. <laughs> By oh, Steven Seagal, oh. amazingly enough, but not the Steven Seagal, just a Stephen Seagal.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was recommended on um, one of the blogs I uh, follow, and so I thought I'd listen to it. Intriguing if a... title. Right? Uh, when I'm done with it, I can loan it to you. Do, have mm-hmm. you noticed that you can loan people books on Audible now? No. Yes, if you go into the Audible app, and for anyone out there listening, you can go into your Audible app now, and you can send each person one book for free. Wow. But you can send them one book to their Facebook Messenger, and you can send them one book to their email address, and you can send them one book to their Messenger Messengers, or wow. their, I, you know, however they get their uh, text messages. Cool. So, it's a brand new thing. Very nice. Yeah. I also signed up for a Comixology Unlimited which is probably a really bad idea because <laughs> I literally have been spending all of my time reading comic books. <laughs> so, cause it's an all you can eat comic book, um, uh, um, thing, like just like, um, Amazon unlimited. Yeah. Um, they don't have any Marvel or DC yet, but they have like black horse comics and just all sorts of great stuff. So like, I've been talking to my older son and I've been like, have you read this comic? And he's like, I have. And I'm like, is it good? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it right now. And I'd get it and I'd download it and I'd read it. And then I would text him back. I read it. You're right. It was really good. You know? So, um, uh, I don't have any specific comic recommendations from there because the ones that I read that were the best, best, best were ones that kids can't read. So, um uh, not because they're you know, but just because they have adult themes. Um, but Comicsology is kind of cool. It's like six ninety nine a month, and you can. Um, and the Comicsology is an app for your um, iPad or your tablet, and you can just download the comic books right to there, flip through the pages, and read it. You can even I because I'm blind. <laughs> I can actually make the comic book move by one square at a time so that the square fills my whole screen. Like one little square fills (laughs) the whole screen so I can read it, read it, you know. So it's kind of awesome. You might want to check that out. And then Danny, who is 13, is currently reading The Fault in Our Stars. Um, I know there will be some out there that disagree with that decision but because uh, there are some adult themes in there as well but I thought she was ready to handle it and the fact that I've already read it and can talk to her about anything that she reads in the book um, mm-hmm. I felt comfortable with it plus it's a really good book so
0: sad.
1: Uh, what sad oh it is yeah she hasn't finished it yet she doesn't know be quiet (laughs) no i told her i said you know you know your mom doesn't cry at books i don't cry at weddings i don't cry at sad movies i very rarely cry and she said yes this is true your heart is black and i said but i cried at this book
0: yeah oh yeah
1: so i warned her yeah you know um but yeah you're right it's sad (laughs) i know you my daughter did tell me my heart is black she gets me it's cool (laughs) speaking of books if you're planning on purchasing any of the books we just mentioned from amazon or audible please consider clicking through our affiliate links on the sidebar at our website at savvyhomeschoolmoms.com we have links to amazon audible discount school supply curclick and more it won't cost you anything extra and it helps support the show so now it's time for our links of the week becky what have you got for us so I have weareteachers.com. It's a great website that has great resources on it. Like there's a blog that has some fun topics on it, like 17 clever memes you can use to respond to. You get summers off, which we don't because moms. But this this <laughs> blog is 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 focused on teachers but there's stuff on there for us I promise I'll get to that Um, (laughs) there are printables lots of fun printables and um, there there is this um, one section it's laughs and inspiration and whereas a lot of the stuff is going to be about classroom teachers there's a lot of stuff in there that I found kind of amusing Um, there's a whole thing about four practically free summer vacations for teachers are broke. Um, There are, uh, so it's broken down into each of your, um, you know, social studies, language arts, reading and writing, math, uh, arts and creativity. And under each one, there are lesson plans and resources and all that kind of thing. Um, And then there is um, like hot topics in um, special education and hot topics in um, just in education in general, and I don't know, it just, it, it's a really nicely laid out website, it has some really great um, information, I think I originally found this because I was looking for a printable for something, and um, for some unknown reason, I didn't already own a printable for that thing, because I I thought I had a printable for every instance, but this, whatever it was, I can't even remember, you have to remember we wrote our notes for this a little while ago, so I'm kind of catching up on what I was doing here, Uh <laughs> So I, I was looking for a printable for something and I found this and um, just played around in it for a while and, and found quite a few printables and things that I wanted to save from it. So I thought I'd let you guys know about it. We are teachers.com and it's R is spelled out, not like toys are us.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about yeah. you? What have you got?
0: Well, I learned about this game called Burning Cargo. It's at burningcargo.com. And I learned about it on some other website somewhere and I had to go check it out because it's a game that is a um, type touch typing game to learn how to type. Ooh. And I'm trying to remember what my login is so that I can get into it. There it goes. Okay. Um, anyway, there is a video on the homepage. If you go to burningcargo.com and you play you can play the... Um, the video and it takes you to YouTube so you can watch the video and you can see what it's all about. It's just a little intro to the game and it's, it's pretty cool. It takes you through and it launches the actual game and it sh- shows you exactly what it's like. It's pretty cool. Cause it looks like it, it kind of looks like kind of reminds me of some of the games that we played in the nineties, <laughs> but I think it's cool enough that uh, like an adventure game that we played like in the nineties, but it's, it's like you go on a, you're, you're a young pilot, you're hired, to go pick up some cargo and deliver it for profit. And you got to like do this stuff with the cargo and stuff. And then in order to keep the plane up in the air, you have to type the, you have to type the right letters in the, and you have to do it fast enough. And if you don't do it fast enough, then the, um, the airplane will fall out of the sky. And, um, anyway, so beforehand you get to do some, you get to drag some stuff over and, um, and, uh, so there are some actually like gaming type stuff ahead of time which is kind of cool but then when you get to the to the actual I'm waiting for it to get to that part in the air let me fast forward to that part in the actual there it is so when you get yeah there it goes the air when you get to the airplane you're you're typing to keep the airplane in the air and it's pretty exciting because it's like, whoa, the airplane's starting to go, type faster, type <laughs> you know, don't make any mistakes, because if you screw up, the airplane takes a nosedive and you crash. Oh, <laughs> so, good. But then it gives you, uh, like, stats, and um, and then it shows you where you are in the world. There's a little geography in there, too, because it shows you where you are in the world, and it shows um, lots of information about the the orders that you just delivered and stuff like that. So, anyway, it's pretty cool. And there's, like, the amount of money that you just earned and it's pretty cool. It looks like a pretty cool game. We haven't actually sat down and played it yet. Um, I've just kind of skimmed through it a little bit, but um, but I'm going to sit down and see if I can get my 10 year old to finally learn how to type because his type yes. is atrocious.
1: That's one of the things <laughs> I really need to do because I am really the whole hunt and peck thing. Yeah. Just rates on my nerves like yeah.
0: nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. And I know and, and Maven my 15 year old is always like, "I've typed just fine, mom." I'm like, "You could type so much better." Right? <laughs> if you could type you know, if you could touch type, you wouldn't have to be staring at your hands and right? get you'd be more accurate and you'd be faster and it would make a huge difference. So I'm going I'm going to force her to do some some actual it doesn't have to be this game but she's gonna she's gonna do something i might i might have to do the mavis beacon with her or something i don't know she's probably gonna turn her nose up in any of these kind of games but um she might be fine with just a regular like you know adult game like mavis beacon which is actually pretty fun too i've actually played that game but um yeah so anyway this is cool for kids uh burningcargo.com it's free and it looks pretty promising i think um as an alternative to some because a lot of the typing games that are out there that are free are pretty young I think They're, they they seem kind of cutesy I don't know yeah like the BBC one is, BBC pretty, one is yeah. really cute but it's really young it's like my 10 year old is like laughing at it it's so yeah it's, little kid like <laughs> so I was looking for something that would be good for an older kid and I think this one is better for Cool. Mid, the mid-range of age of children, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, I think we're going to have to check that out. It does look pretty awesome. And it's it's oh. definitely in the area of interest of at least two of the members of my household that can learn to type. And yeah. is isn't Danny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds great. And now we have some listener recognition. Yeah. This, oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, this is our first listener recognition from Instagram.
0: Oh, yeah. How exciting is that? I didn't even notice that. I was so cool that you noticed that. Yeah, I like never pop onto Instagram. <laughs> I just happen to already be on
1: Instagram. And so I flipped through the, the multitude of accounts that I manage and um, noticed that we had like a comment instead of just a like. And I was like, ooh, comment. I need
0: to set that up so that we get an email when that, when that happens. All my other um, social media, I have it set so that it emails me so that I, so that I notice because I'm never on any, anything but Facebook. So that, there's got to be a way to set it up so it'll email you or text you or something.
1: Oh my gosh! We totally just got another one while we were while I was sitting here talking to you.
0: No way! <laughs> On Instagram?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cece writes, posted a picture of her little one with it looks like teach your child to read in 100 easy lessons, and it says teaching my little one to read has never been more rewar- has been way more rewarding than I ever could have imagined. So lucky to be able to. Thanks to the savvy homeschool moms for the book recommendation. Aww. Thank
0: you. How fun! I just like opened it up and it was there. (laughs) Oh my goodness! And also, Maple Stitch says, "Excellent! This is one of my favorite podcasts." Can't believe how old your kids are getting and how much has changed. (laughs) Doing us both, (laughs) right? (laughs) I went back and listened to some older episodes. Thank you for doing this for us all. Aw, aw, thanks, Maple Stitch. That's so sweet. So, was that about everything? I think so. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. For links to resources shared in this
1: episode and a few notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at com, and you can find show notes specific to this episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 63.
0: And while you're on our site, you can drop us a note or a voicemail and let us know if you have any ideas for show topics or guests. Or you can leave us comments on Instagram.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye, everyone. Have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next time.
0: Yep, goodbye. Bye.
1: I'm Tina. No, I don't I'm... <laughs> <laughs> the Secular Support and Resource Show of Awesomeness. I forgot homeschool. Oh, you're right. <laughs> From Amazon or Audible, please consider clicking. Click, 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 click. <laughs> what was that word? I was trying to say clicking. <laughs> um, it's a website that has some awesome um, blog posts um, about teaching. Um, that that sounded really stupid. <laughs> what I was thinking. I was just
0: counting the ums that I'll be reading I know, later. I, there was like a lot of ums in there.